you have made the serious mistake of tuning into Talkin' Tuscaloosa with Jimmy and Luke. On an almost weekly basis, Jimmy and Luke discuss the latest sports happening at the University of Alabama, and if you are especially unlucky, they might review a movie or tell you something that happened in their pathetic lives. Now, without further ado, to misinform you about Alabama football, here are the idiots, Jimmy and Luke. Hey again, everybody, and welcome into Talking Tuscaloosa. Luke Robinson along with Jimmy Stein. As always, Jimmy, how are you today? Very good. Very good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm just chilling. Chilling like a villain. Oh, well, I didn't know uh, villains chill very much. I, I would think they're always worried about getting caught. I know I'd be. Yeah, I'll probably, that is really just one of those things that rhymes so it works, but... um yeah, all the villains I've known, like, none of them have been kind of cool, like, cool it, man. We got this. I mean, nobody's ever been like that. It's always, you know, the Joker's screwed up as a lab rat. And, um, <laughs> you know, no telling what's going on with the Riddler. I mean, he's got on that really tight gay suit. Shouldn't somebody have asked, like, when he went in to get his tight suit made with all these question marks and shit on it, shouldn't somebody have said, are, are you a villain? <laughs> <laughs> It's a dynamite disguise. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to make that shit himself, right? I mean, you can't, you can't just go so like to, you can't get on make your own bodysuit.com and, <laughs> and like, I, I tell people all the time, I, when I see people dress, I mean, I often use that as like, I guess you would call it a fashion uh, slight. It's so I'm like, he looks like a Batman villain, you know, people that dress like Cam Newton, you know, in his press conferences after games. Yeah. Half the time he looks like literally a bad guy on Batman. No, I agree. Um, wait a minute. Hang on. I might have figured out. Uh, see if you can get me on camera here while I'm sitting here talking to you. Mm-hmm. If my, if the camera comes on, tell me. I, can't. I will let you know. Damn it. I still don't see it coming on. I don't It really see. pisses me off. I thought I had it. Our ratings are up. Ever since we've had this technical glitch where we can't see, I think our ratings are up. So what? I mean, this makes I... no sense to me. I just I just fixed the damn thing so I could see it on with with um somebody else, and now I can't do it anyway. Well, what the hell ever. All right, so um, Alabama LSU, that's a thing. It is a huge thing. You know, really, I know this is crazy, but it's the the world that we're living in right now. The Alabama, the Nick Saban world. This is how I feel about it, pal. The season did not start with Louisville. The season starts tomorrow. Yeah. This is the first game Alabama's playing in where losing is a legitimate possibility, and I'm not going to predict a loss. I'm not saying Alabama's going to lose. I'm not even saying it's super reasonable to predict a loss. I'm just saying that it's legitimately possible, and if you don't believe that, who the hell else is going to stroll into Baton Rouge tomorrow night and win. Maybe Clemson, maybe. But, I mean, is Ohio State going to beat LSU in Baton Rouge right now? Michigan? Uh, if maybe you can't Oklahoma? go into West Lafayette and come away with a win, you ain't strolling into Baton Rouge and doing it. Exactly. So, I think for anybody who goes, oh, we're not going to lose that game, who the hell else would? And and, and it, it's very uh, unsaban like I think, to just – if you're the Alabama fans, like, oh, pff, 
we're going to kill them. Well, first of all, we might because we really are good. But I assure you that's not the attitude of Nick Saban and his staff or the players this week. This is a huge challenge. It's going to be a great game. The season starts tomorrow. It's the first game that could derail things. We played a pretty good team in Texas A&M, uh, and, and maybe that score was closer than what a lot of people assumed it might be. But uh, so far, Texas A&M, I think, is the only game so far that's been like a game game. And frankly, A&M sort of scored late in that game to make the game closer. And part of the reason they scored late is because they kept their first team in the whole 60 damn minutes. Hell, they were playing Kellen Mond until there were zeros on the clock, you know, so... Uh, we'll, but we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm highly optimistic. I think we're going to play great. I think tomorrow, uh, Tua, who leads the Heisman race by by a metric mile, uh, I, I'm predicting that tomorrow Tua uh, puts the exclamation point on his Heisman run because the college football world is watching tomorrow. Everyone respects LSU's defense. No one can say after tomorrow night that Tua hasn't played a premier elite defense. And, and I think the kid's going to play great and, uh, and, and just lock down that, that Heisman, which is amazing. Yeah, I, I do too. I feel like all that's going to happen. Um, I am now that the game's creeping upon us, I have gotten a little more concerned just because I guess sometimes games like this get a little wanky. Um, but it would take – I mean, it would really be a shock. It would really be a shock, I think, if we lost this game. And that sounds so cocky and shitty, and I get it. And it's funny because Nick Saban has turned Alabama fans into the people people always thought we were, that we're arrogant and cocky. We are officially arrogant and cocky, but now we we should be. I mean, we kind of should be. It, it is sort of logical. You know, in, in 2006, when we were like, oh, you know, we'll get this shit turned around. Uh, I mean, that that that's very illogical. I mean, it's just. I mean, don't you think that even though she's a sweet person and a good person and we all like her, don't you think Kate Upton is aware that she's highly attractive? She knows this, right? Oh, God. Oh, I, she I knows. bet you. You know what it's like? It is like when. It is like that's when she walks by a store mirror, she just starts groping herself. I mean, that's, what it is. that's the only way it can work. Like and a that's female my point. Narcissus. We're the Kate Upton of college football. We're well aware of how freaking awesome we are, or at least how good we look. We're well aware of this. Yeah, it's um, it, she is just an absolute – Smoke show, and I mean, it's funny. There, there, there are a lot of women like that that I see. They're hell. They're all over Facebook, and you look and you go, "Man, why are you on Facebook? Why aren't you just at home, just basking in your own awesomeness right now? <laughs> just at home with people, just you know, just showering you with money and gifts and jewels. I mean, like you're a real life Madonna video." <laughs> But anyway, um, what the hell was what the hell does this have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know, but it was fun, and I I really like that. And I think we ought to maybe on a show off season let's rank Instagram models. Oh, no, I don't even want to rank Instagram. That's not really fair. I think we can rank <laughs> girls that we don't know on Instagram that are still really good looking. That like our Instagram when it's like suggestions for you, they come up and you're like, yeah. oh my god, I know she lives in Madison, Wisconsin, but that is a smoke. <laughs> 
do we have any connection where yeah, it won't what, look what like it, I'm stalking when I'm really stalking the hell out? Yeah, of Yeah, when it comes up that suggestions for you, I'm like, who is spying on me? Who knows me this well? Yeah. No one, no one is supposed to know me this well, but Instagram apparently does. Every one of my suggestions is good looking women. If it's never people. Yeah. And meanwhile, I can't find my dad on the damn site yet. If there is a hot chick wearing an Alabama helmet, Instagram's going to punch me in the face at two in the morning, telling me you've got to look at this. <laughs> you got this. You got to see this you shit, man. You got to look at this. Get up. It's bananas, man. You got to see it. Um. So okay. We, we feel like we know how Tua is going to do. And yes. apparently there's a quote out there by Coach O that says, we want to keep Tua in the pocket, which is, okay, yeah. let's see how that strategy pays off, Cotton. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, that's the thing about Tua, man. We, we could sit here and do a whole Tua show, and it would be so much fun. Uh, but but maybe it would be fun to like, okay, what's the best accurate compliment we can play, pay to Tua I don't know. It'd be fun to dream that up. But but one thing I, I like to say about him is, and this is where Orgeron is just wrong, there's not an offense in college football that Tua can't run. As a matter of fact, there's not an offense he wouldn't excel in. Imagine Tua at Georgia Tech uh, run, running what they run. He would be great. He would be great at that. Now imagine him at Stanford running an NFL-style offense. He's great at that. Now imagine him at one of these spread teams like Texas Tech or West Virginia, he would put up crazy numbers and would look great at that. Uh, he obviously runs the Alabama offense so well that he's going to win a Heisman Trophy. So, Orgeron, you can do whatever it is you think you want to do, but it's not going to affect that kid. He he will kill you in the pocket. He will kill you outside of the pocket. He'll kill you running an option. He'll kill you with five wides in a two-minute offense. He is just a pretty darn good football player. That's what he is. He's very good at American football. He can say. play some American football. Um, he can probably play. Oh, hell, he can play the ukulele. He can play the ukulele. He can play anything. That's what I hear. If there was like a ukulele na- national championship, that son of a bitch would be easily the favorite. Number one seed. As a matter of fact, I'll, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm well read, and I will tell you he's the only ukulele player I can name and read a uh, lot of shit. I, I just got some good news. Apparently, there's the broadcast. Instagram sent you a hot chick playing the ukulele and said, I, suggestion for you. Here's a hot chick playing the ukulele. But we're totally not listening to your conversations. <laughs> you know, that's what, I mean, that's some shit, really, isn't it? I mean, the other day I said I need to, I, I was like, I need to get some new socks. And like ads came out of the woodwork. for <laughs> I was like, what the hell, man? I was like, I was talking to myself in my car. I didn't even know my phone was on. Oh my God. But anywho, um, going a little bit off topic, but, um, (laughs) we never do that. Yeah. But, uh, Wondell Robinson commits to Kentucky today. Big get for that. Huge fan of his love his tape. We've talked about him before in the sense that my favorite type of prospect, my favorite, not the best, but my favorite type of prospect, and I think you agree, because I remember your, uh, you had a bro crush on uh, Mixon that uh, signed with Mississippi yeah. State a couple years ago, and, and I like that kid too because I like receivers who are slash players. He can play receiver. He can play running back. He can play defense. He can return punts. He can return kicks. He can play wildcat quarterback. Uh, those are my favorite types of players, and Wondell Robinson is a great example of that. I think he's very good. I think he's a legit SEC player. I love his choice of Kentucky because 
a kid at his size where, where there's still some questions about maybe how good he might be, you know, you sign with Ohio State or Alabama, you, you could get so lost in the shuffle. Now, it's our understanding or my understanding that uh, had Wandale wanted to commit to Alabama today, I, I don't think we'd have a spot for him today. He was just sort of on, you know, in, in the pecking order and, uh, and and wouldn't have an available spot if he was insistent on, hey, I'm making a decision today. But just saying uh, he could have gone apparently to Ohio State. A lot of people thought he would be signing with Nebraska. I think staying home and playing for Kentucky is great. Obviously, Kentucky's a feel-good story right now. And, and this is one thing I'll say about, you know, I think maybe a gut reaction from some people might, oh, well, Kentucky doesn't win, and they're never going to be in the playoff, and, and you can be good at Kentucky and no one will ever notice. Wrong, wrong, wrong. No, Kentucky's not going to the college football playoffs. They're probably not going to beat Georgia Saturday. They're probably not going to play in a New Year's Day Six Bowl. But they're big-time football. They're in the SEC. You can go to Kentucky. You can win some big games, play in some huge SEC games. And if you think you can't get attention, ask Josh Allen. He, he, he might. He, he's going to go in the top ten in this draft. He might go number one in the draft. And no, he's probably not. But don't rule it out. Josh Allen is awesome. He is the when you're the best defensive player in the SEC. Yeah, you might go number one overall. And uh, and Josh Allen's doing that out of Kentucky. So I, I, I like uh, Wandale's choice. Uh, I, I'd hoped to see him at Alabama. I'd hoped would have room for him because he's my favorite type of player. But to be completely honest, uh, he's not as good as Jalen Waddle. He's lesser Waddle. We've already got one of those. So we shouldn't be uh, upset or heartbroken over this. No, I'm not upset or heartbroken. If he were, if he were next year's class, yeah. I would desperately want him because yeah. of you know, Waddle probably will have one more year. Yeah, that's right. We need a new Waddle. We need we need new Waddle right now. We've got Waddle. We've got a Waddle, and the Waddle we got is going to be a Waddle for us for uh, at least two more years, maybe four, because with his height, uh, I'm not exactly sure that he would project really high on the draft. On the other hand, uh, he's not going to get any taller either. That's one thing about – I think fans think about the draft and who comes out early so wrong. But if Jalen Waddell, you know, sends his name in as a junior and they tell him, ah, we think you're in the fifth round, he's like, why? And they're like, well, you're short. It ain't like you can come back to school and get taller. I oh, mean, man, if, you if, know what if, we do? If, if you're Saban fit- would be like, look, come back. Saban would be like, come back, and we're going to build an, a, a closet so you can hang from the coat rack. <laughs> well, maybe. We can't put anything past Nick figuring shit out like that. But just saying, if, if, if height is the knock against him, I mean, that means you're a fifth-round pick as a junior, a fifth-round pick as a senior. Why play for free when you can go get, you know, $700,000 a year to play football? So we'll, we'll see if Wall's a four-year player. It's a long, long way away. Uh, but, yeah. Happy for Wandale Robinson. Happy for the SEC. Happy for Kentucky. Uh, how about the fact that Alabama has Damian Harris? Uh, we got another freak from Kentucky. Oh, Jed Will, Jed Wills, who's yeah. so good. And it's just got to kill those people, in Kentucky. You know, when great players leave their state to go play somewhere else. Uh, I'm sure, on the one hand, they understand it, just like in Alabama, when a highly rated basketball player leaves Alabama to go play at Kentucky. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Uh, football, same thing, just in reverse. So Kentucky fans have to be very excited. They they kept a uh, quality blue chipper at home. Yeah, not to mention we stole Sean Alexander from not necessarily from them. He wasn't even really looking at them as us or Michigan, but. Um, Sean Alexander came from there. Okay, you know, you don't uh, – not a ton of 
But, you know, you said something about Kentucky and not getting no. Tim Couch went number one from Kentucky. Sure did. Sure did. They've had more number ones go than we have. In the last <laughs> we hadn't had a quarterback, Taylor. That's right. They've had a number one and we never had it. And they had a quarterback, uh, you know, probably more than one <laughs> go in the first round since, since we have. I mean, the, the days of, hey, don't go there. You won't get enough exposure from NFL scouts. That that shit that that notion's been dead for a long time. Well, well because everybody sees everything. Toledo <laughs> and Ball State were on last night, and it probably drew about as good a rating as the World Series. I mean, people just watch football if it's on. They're like, I don't watch it. You know, they got some dude, and you know, some dude named um, who's the guy? Who's the the not Tyree Kill? Who's the, uh, Kareem Hunt? Isn't he Kareem Hunt, Toledo? Toledo. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the, some of these guys are pretty good at some of these places. Anywho. Um, What's your biggest worry about this game? Field goals. And this is why I think if there's a path to LSU winning, it's uh, look, field look, goals. hold up, hold it, hold it. We all know it's field goals. It's, it's field goals <laughs> for everybody, man. That's not, that doesn't count. That's like okay. if somebody says, too, What's your too obvious. And you say spiders. Nope, spiders don't freaking count. Everybody hates yeah, a big, or a big giant spider. Everybody hates big giant spiders. You know, you got to give me something else like, you know, like the podiatrist or some shit, something, something we don't. Give you one. I'm not afraid, but I'm uh, concerned that unlike previous years, LSU can run the ball on us. Not that I'm expecting them to rush for 250 yards. Not that I think they're going to have two backs over a hundred, but we were a complete wall in terms of Fournette or Darius Geis, who were great backs. They could not budge the ball against us. We're not quite a wall. Now, I don't think Nick Brosette and the other kid they got with the hyphenated name that I can never remember his name. If I don't get a name right the first time, I'll never get it right. So I can't remember that kid's name worth a shit. But th- those two backs that they have to me are pedestrian or average for, the, for this league. But I, I, I'm not I'm not predicting. We'll put it this way. They, they, they rush for, I think, 200 against Georgia. Maybe two fifty, yeah. Um, and they're not going to do that against us, but maybe they rush for one fifty total. And while that's not a ton, I think it's taken LSU about three years to rush for one fifty against us in the past. So I, I'm not convinced we're great against the run, and it's personnel, it's lack of depth, and it's this. Q is a fantastic disruptive talent. But he's not a wall. Payne was a wall. Yeah. You couldn't run at Payne. No one even tried. You couldn't move him out of either A gap. Um, Q, you can run at him because he's not built like Payne. He's not built like a traditional nose guard. So you can run at Q. And last year, inside linebackers were Washington Redskins, Sean Dion Hamilton, and Tennessee Titan, Rashawn Evans. This year, our inside linebackers are very good, but neither one of them are ready to play at the NFL. Mac is playing with a with a screwed up foot, and Dylan is a great athlete. I think still learning to, to play inside linebacker, so that's why you can run up the middle against Alabama, which is before it was impossible. But again, I'm not don't 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 take what I'm saying and, and run with it. I, I, I'm I don't think they're going to run all over us. I don't think they're going to win the game. I don't think they can run on us to the point that we're going to lose because of it. But if they rush for 150 yards, I won't be shocked. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It is the defense is set up a little bit differently now, um, but uh, 
The other side of it, I would say, I don't know that their receivers are as talented as they've been in the past, so maybe we can commit to stop the run a little more. I think that's a great point. Uh, they and one, you know, they got a couple of transfers. They got the Giles kid to transfer from Texas Tech, and they were thinking he was going to be great. I was in love with Terrace Marshall, the the yes. freshman wide receiver. That guy is so good, it's nuts. He, he's been okay. I think their leading receiver is this Jefferson cat, who who just again seems sort of SEC average to me. I might be really wrong about him, but. I I don't think he's you know Jarvis Landry or any of the Odell Beckham you know they've had some freaks uh, in in the recent past over there I don't see them having those guys this year maybe some of them it's Burrow who's not great and let, let's talk about Joe Burrow for a second don't you agree that he's got a different name but you would swear that Joe Burrow is an Alabama quarterback during the Stallings era or during the early part of the Saban era the pre Tua Saban era because Burrow he's tough he's yeah. he's, he's a game manager but I mean it as a compliment uh and, and and again he's not terrible by any means anybody that says he's terrible just doesn't mean fair he, he's pretty good he's just not great he's not elite he's not an NFL player but Burrow's made a big difference for him and I think he's made a big difference for him in the same vein that the Stallings quarterbacks did at Alabama uh, and, and and maybe like a Freddie Kitchens type uh, who's just sort of tough and, and doesn't lose the game and is a good leader. Uh, so I, I think Burrow uh, should get a lot of credit for what LSU has done to this point, even though he will never put up numbers to the point that you'd ever consider him an elite quarterback. Yeah, he is. Um, if Burrow were on this Alabama team, and he had this set of receivers, this offensive line, and this defense to help bail him out if something were to go wrong. I think he would, uh, you know, his statistics would certainly be better. Um, that's the thing. He's sort of a product of what's around him, too. Or if he were throwing to uh, uh, Odell, I certainly things would be better. But, it, you know, it just so happens this year at LSU, they don't have those types of weapons. Um, that's right. Or they at least have those types that. of weapons that they have at running back, usually. That's right. I mean, uh, they don't have a four net or a guys. I, I mean, I, I think these guys are pretty pedestrian. But by pedestrian, I mean relative to the SEC. They're obviously good athletes, so they wouldn't be there. But I'm just saying that they don't have a four net or a guys that running back. They don't have, you know, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, uh, and the long list of freaks that they've had at wide out at LSU uh, over the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, I think they're just sort of average for them, although I do think down the road, Terrace Marshall – likely to be a fantastic receiver once he he finds his stride in the SEC. But uh, now they do have some freaks on defense. I, I don't know that there is a team in the league that has a threesome better than Devin White, Greedy Williams, and Grant Delpit. I mean, I don't yeah, know. But in any, this game, it's only a two-and-a-half-some. Correct, some, it's a two-and-a-half-some. That's right, which would really ruin Cinemax. Don't, yeah. don't watch Cinemax if it's oh, just that's, a, a two-and-a-half-some. Well, it depends on which half's involved. <laughs> Does Cinemax even show that stuff anymore? The last I don't have Cinemax, but every now and then uh, we get free uh, Cinemax on some sort of uh, offer from Directv, and, and, I, and I, I like I don't think they show that stuff anymore. Probably because you know it's 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 better for free I mean, on your computer, I guess. Well, it, I mean, why it, would they? Yeah, why, why would, would you show sit that? around and be like, I've, "Oh man, I gotta you know take a five hour energy and wait till eleven thirty so that I can watch a you know Evangeline against the invading." aliens or whatever but um 
that when you can just pull it up on your Apple Watch and be done with it. <laughs> your Apple Watch. <laughs> do people do that? I, I mean, I don't know if you can. I don't have an Apple Watch. But I don't have an Apple Watch either. But that. Whole, I mean, that can you that, imagine oh. like somebody who's nearsighted trying to pull up porn on their Apple Watch? How close <laughs> you'd have to be to their eye. You're on the subway. The guy is standing next to you, is staring at his Apple Watch. You're like, "Man, what's that guy watching?" And you're like, "Oh, holy moly! Yikes! Zoiks!" <laughs> Sir, do you have the time? Oh shit! No, God! <laughs> you can't. Un- you can't unsee that. Yeah. No. Sorry, I asked, sir. Uh, carry on. Uh, so, what's your prediction for the game? Okay. This is going to be my worst prediction yet, which is saying a lot. Although I think me and you have come close pretty much every week. We've been, we've, we haven't been wildly wrong yet. I mean, obviously I don't know that we've nailed the score exactly, but we've both been close every week because we've had, now this, this week's a little more unpredictable. Uh, I'm going to say 38 to 20. And and this is why, although for some reason I said that yesterday on Twitter that I'm leaning to 38, 20, 38 to 20. And I got attacked attacked by the Alabama fans who apparently are are very comfortable believing we would be favored by two touchdowns over the Bengals, but 38, 20, and this is why our season low is 39 points. It just makes sense to me that our season low, as far as points scored would be the game we play on the road against the toughest defense we play. Therefore I'm, I'm predicting we score a season low 38 would be a season low, although it is quite a few points really. Uh, What's the weather supposed to be like? I think it's good. It's good. I know it's good here, and and we we live at a, a, a the, the same exact longitude as uh. What a good, what are you, Bill Nye, the science guy? Uh, <laughs> Wait, well, I said that, but just, uh, just it, say it, we live in the same kind of place. I mean, this is all. I might have gotten it. Barometric pressure. <laughs> I, I was worried I got it wrong when I said it out loud. I'm like, shit, is it longitude or latitude? Thought you were Maybe James. Thought you were James Stein. You sound like more like J- James Span. Span. Oh man, what a compliment! He's the best weather guy that's ever been. Get behind, get in front of a green screen, you jackass. Smarty <laughs> pants, jackass. Span is so good. All the the people, the Weather Channel, are like, God, why can't why can't we get that guy? Even Jim Cantore is like, oh, man, he's oh, he's man. badass. I'm no Span. Yeah, uh, no but speed. anywho, oh, oh yeah, thirty-eight twenty, and I, I give them twenty in the sense that look, they've played some good SEC defenses. Uh, you know, Georgia's good uh, uh, on defense. Florida's good on defense. Mississippi State's good on defense. Auburn, especially when they played them, is good on defense. And LSU has scored minimum 19 against all of them. So they're hyped up for this game. It's in Baton Rouge. So I say, well, they've scored at least 19 against every SEC good defense they've seen so far. So that's why I'm settling on 38-20. There's some logic there in terms of us scoring a season low and them basically doing against us what they've done against the other good SEC defenses. So I say 38-20, but here's my big caveat. Am I going to be surprised if we score more than 38? No. Am I going to be surprised if we hold them to something like 10 because they're not good on offense? No. If we win 45-10, to am I going to be shocked? No. But here's my other caveat. Every time we have played LSU and Baton Rouge, it has been close. And we have taken some national championship teams to Baton Rouge, and the game has still been close. So I don't think anyone should be shocked if this is a 60-minute four-quarter game either. I'm with you. But I am so, going to say 38-17. to 17. 
Oh, we have a very similar. So we cover. Uh, yeah. We cover in both of our. Um, both of yeah, our. Yeah, we do. It's fourteen and a half, right? Fourteen uh, and a half. Fourteen and a half. Yeah. So Cod Lockety wow. if for the week is uh, Alabama covering. So are you are you going? No. I was going. I would, but I can't, I can't figure out if we're at the same longitude or the same latitude, so I just get lost. Yes. <laughs> you, you're you're you've got, got a, a uh, James Spann marathon to watch. <laughs> Whatever that, I hope it's not on Cinemax. <laughs> I hope Span clears up this longitude and latitude thing the first five minutes so I don't have to sit through a bunch of shit about sleet or something. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 38-17. And I'm going to say, I'm gonna, we score on the first drive. Like we've yes. been doing every game. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I, I just think if you bet against Tua, you just go broke. So, I'm not betting against Tua. I'm not betting against Tua. And then yeah. we then we come back and play a Mississippi State team that looks just horrible on the road. Yeah. Horrible. I hope that didn't – I mean, they played really well against like A&M and Nick Fitzgerald sort of found his game all of a sudden. Uh, Mississippi State's a good team. I, I think they were the most underachieving bunch in the league to last week. But, hey, one thing about LSU and how good they are, if we beat LSU sort of bad, I would predict that LSU is going to lose – to Texas A&M. Oh, yeah, I agree. Well, it'd be the first time they've done it since they've been there. Yeah. yeah, when they lose to Alabama, they they, they tend to fold, you know, and, and they, they lose to A&M a lot. So I'm just saying, I wonder how we look, how are we going to look at this LSU season if they lose to Alabama bad, then lose to Texas A&M, finish 9-3, and three, play in a pretty good bowl because you're 9-3, and three, so you're playing somebody good and lose that game. Yeah. So the end of year nine and four, we looking back going, boy, that Orgeron sure overachieved. I don't know if I don't know that we could say at that point that it was a good year for them. Uh so they, well, that's what they need to keep in mind. About Mississippi State, as much as we called it a disaster, and some Mississippi State fans were questioning the hire. I mean, Mississippi State's not going to beat Alabama, but if they win out other than Alabama and go win a bowl game, they're gonna have nine wins. That's a big year. Mississippi State waited nine games is a thing because they're just not a program that traditionally wins nine. So I'm just saying it's funny how we just latch on to ideas before the season's over. And we, we want to pronounce judgment in college football so fast and right now, but you got to let things play out. Things can look a lot differently in three weeks and, and uh, you know, it could look a lot different for us. We'll see what happens. You know, one thing is we could lose Saturday and, and I don't really think we'd fall too far out of the playoff race. I think no, I don't think so either. I think we'd we'd be squarely in it. I mean, some things would probably have to happen because of all the backlash from the previous year. But I think the committee has shown they don't really give a shit about the backlash all too much. I'll tell you what was funny. Okay, so when the when the committee came out with their rankings the other day, um, for whatever reason, I, I just I turned my head or was talking to somebody when they announced Central Florida at twelve, and so did some other guy that was sitting there with me. Like we just turned away for a second and turned back, and so then they immediately start showing the top ten. And I didn't think they had – I'd heard them say Central Florida. So they go number 10 was Ohio State. And I'm like, wow. Okay, I didn't think Ohio State would be that low. And I certainly didn't think they'd be ahead of Central – I mean, be um, behind Central Florida. And then, you know, they do whoever number nine was, Washington State or whatever. And I was like, whoa. And, you know, number eight, Oklahoma. I'm like, holy shit, they've got Central Florida at seven? What is happening? And then <laughs> and somebody – I mean, I yelled that out, and somebody comes up and goes, Central Florida was 12, dude. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Uh, yeah. So all of a sudden, I, I expected Twitter to be 
totally blown up and it was totally regular. And you know, Twitter, two out of twelve, like uh, getting getting blasted. You know, Twitter is the best place in the world for anybody to express their opinion. And it's also the absolute worst thing you can do is express your opinion on Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's it amazing. is. It is. It's yeah, really. I, I have a love hate thing with Twitter, but I do love it. I spend an enormous amount oh, of time God, on it. Oh, God. Uh, and I love it. But gosh, at least two or three times a day, I read some tweet from somebody and I'm like, oh, gosh. I, I, I hate myself. How much longer like could Twitter. humanity have? Yeah, How much I, I'm, more time could humanity have? All right. How about really quickly uh, prediction on Georgia, Kentucky? Georgia wins handily, but by handily, I mean by uh, 14 17, maybe something like 30, 30 to 17, somewhere in there. I, I think Georgia wins and it's not tight. But Georgia right also doesn't crush it. them. I think you're right, and I hate it because I, I and I'm, I'm not not because yeah, I'm, for play, I'm fine playing Georgia. Georgia looks so they're not they're not they're okay. They can't beat us this year, but and Kentucky can't either. But I want just for the yeah. same reason I wanted Penn State to be in the playoffs instead of Washington that year because if I knew that if Penn State showed up to the Georgia Dome, their fans would be awesome. The atmosphere would be yeah. crazy because they were so hungry for a winner. Washington sort of showed up and was like, okay, you know, we're sort of happy to compete. Yeah, everybody everybody gets a trophy, right? Here we go. I'm flying back to Seattle. It's raining. Oh, shit. Um, and, you know, Penn State people would have been there with their body painted. And, you know, they probably would have come there with like some two and a half sums. Um, <laughs> Watching a lot of porn on their Apple Watches. <laughs> Watching porn on their Apple Watches, yeah. And then, um, you know, it would have been a fun environment. And that's the same like at the Georgia Dome. If if Big Blue Nation gets to the Georgia Dome, that place will be crazy. Oh, yeah. I would love it for Kentucky fans that, that would never really thought they would see the day that their team would be in Atlanta playing for the championship. And those kids play hard. And let me tell you, they're good. Uh, I mean, they're legit good. They're not doing it necessarily with smoke and mirrors, though they do ride Josh Allen on defense and Benny Snell on offense, something fierce. Yeah. But those those guys are great. I mean, yeah. almost the ultimate compliment you can pay a player is, man, that guy would stand out at Alabama. Yeah. And that's true about those two. Snell and Josh Allen would fit in at Alabama like Damian Harris and Mac Wilson. I mean, hell, they're they're dudes. They're they're very very good. How about this? This will this is a kick in the nuts. You know, Josh Allen is from Abbeville, Alabama, and played in the ninth, 10th, and 11th grade at Abbeville High School. What did, what did his family move? Or? His family moved to New Jersey, and he played his senior year in New Jersey, and his only offer was Monmouth. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's Monmouth. His only offer was Monmouth, but his high school coach had a relationship with a coach on Stoops' staff at Kentucky, and he called and said, hey, I know nobody likes my guy and nobody has – not no Division One schools offered him. But since the season, he's grown another two inches and added another 20 pounds. And this dude can play in your league. And Kentucky had the available spot, got talked into it, and took him. Wow. Four years later, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Well, yeah, I guess he, we're, we're blessed he moved sorry. because if he stayed at Abbeville, Abbeville is hardcore Auburn country. 
Yeah, he could have walked on at Auburn, and and he would be just as good at Auburn as he is at Kentucky now. So yeah, we got a little fortunate that way. But yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen uh, played most of his high school career at Tiny Abbeville. That's Jimmy Stein dropping the knowledge. <laughs> Going to see Deontay Lawson tonight, a tenth grade outside linebacker at Mobile Christian. I believe is a future five-star. You heard that right. Five-star player, Deontay Lawson. Not a lot of guys talking about him yet because he's so young. But, dude, oh, this kid's a player. Now It's just harder to evaluate guys at this 3A level because they're not playing against good competition, not playing a good team tonight. But one thing I say about the small school guys, if they got the legit measurables, they're probably still good. And this kid, 10th grade, legit 6'2", 230 runs like a gazelle wow and is a baller he will he doesn't just hit you he ends the play i i love what i'm hearing yep deontay lawson uh not sure he's got an alabama offer yet but he has been to games at alabama he has multiple sec offers even though he is class of 2021 all right man so you 38 20 i'm 38 17 and, Sounds um, like it's going to be a lock to finish them 38 to 18 and a half. Man, it seems like uh, you just have a little less faith in our defense. You hear that, boys? I did. <laughs> hey, last time I was saying, well, I said Ole Miss was going to score like 24-27 on us. We shut them out for 59 minutes. And Ole Miss is better on offense than LSU is. Uh, did you do have any trick-or-treaters last night? Lots. And, well, I would go over my, my mom lives in a, a really large neighborhood. Uh, and, uh, so my mom gets a ton of trick or treaters. And, uh, so we did, we did that over at my mom's and, uh, totally enjoyed it. Must've had probably a hundred, 150 kids blow through there. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we, uh, um, we went in Crestline in Birmingham and it's yeah. like, I mean, I'm not even sure that some of the nice ass candy they were throwing, I'd never even seen before. It was like, you yeah, know, they gourmet. were just throwing $5 bills and change and shit. And some of those new Silver coins with Trump on them and shit like that. Now, Apple watches. I mean, everybody got an Apple watch. It, it was it was fantastic. Everybody, all the kids were like, "Hey, what's this on my Apple watch?" It was great. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was fantastic, man. It was, I I mean, you know, and they had like these big ass, and it was all re, it's all kick ass stuff. The only thing they didn't throw was Pringles, Pringles, <laughs> and and like the eatable, the not the eatable. Of course, they're eatable. First of all, eatable isn't a word. And but I'm sure, talking about do exactly what it meant. But I'm talking about they have those little containers, and yeah, um, yeah. it's funny because Greg McElroy was talking the other day on his show, and by the way, he kind of gets on my nerves. He's he's so the other way from a homer that I'm like, hey man, you can it's okay to give Alabama a compliment. I mean, without yeah, Marcus Spears, Marcus Spears is an LSU homer, but at the same time, doesn't annoy me at all because okay. I mean it's fine. I mean. But the anyhow. sensible people understand. The yeah. sensible people. It's okay that Marcus roots for LSU. We get it. It's okay. He should. He's not, he's not a dick about it. Well, I mean, I mean it's like yeah. Danny Cannell is a dick about it. Danny Cannell is exactly right. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. so um, so Greg McElroy was talking about Halloween. He said he didn't. One year he bought all this candy and like nobody showed up. And the next year he didn't buy any because nobody showed up the previous year. And he had to start giving out these little individual mini Pringles cans. I'm like, that son of a bitch. Oh, if he had told me that I'd have been, I'd have been over there dressed up like, let me tell you a good Halloween story. When I was in Alabama, when I was, um, my last year, I guess 
uh, we went to Halloween party and I dressed as Marilyn Monroe. You can only imagine how that turned out. And especially it's, by it's about two thirty, turning me on two thirty, two thirty at night. You, yeah, if I pop up like, on that Apple Watch, you're going to turn, you're going to figure out a way to swipe, <laughs> swipe that shit off. But anyway, so, you look like Caitlyn Jenner if she woke up at three in the morning. So I'm in my Marilyn Monroe costume. It's like two thirty in the morning. We had all this hunch punch, which is a lot more hunch than punch. And um, I'm sitting out on this like one of those houses out in the Tuscaloosa somewhere on one of those little stoops. And I'm sitting there with some other dude. He's, I can't remember. He, I think he was dressed like Bert from Bert and Ernie. And we're both out there just, I mean, just horrible, just imagining how bad we're going to feel tomorrow. And this guy drives by this, a friend of mine. And he wasn't dressed up. He wasn't anything. He was just in the passenger seat of his car, of his friend's car, riding down the road. And he, they sort of stopped. And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know who it was. And I was thinking, oh, my God, somebody's stopping to leer at me and whatever. And the guy just leans out the window and goes, hey, Luke, and then left. Like it wasn't a big deal for him to see me in a male costume and more drunk as a billy goat. I was like, "This is where I need to." I've made seriously bad life choices. You dress as Marilyn Monroe is like not even noticeable. It's I know, like, like, oh yeah, oh that's Luke. This is my good friends Sandy, Trisha, and Luke. Yeah, like it's just any other time introducing you or see no, that's that's pretty bad. My only uh, Halloween. Tuscaloosa story that's pretty pathetic is we never assumed this was my freshman year we lived in an apartment off campus and we were watching I'm sure we were going out later that night but at six or seven we never even assumed we would get a trick-or-treater we lived in a college apartment complex but sure enough somebody's knocking on the door it's like 6 30 me and my roommate Daniel we, we we open the door and there's this kid with his mother and the kid is, you know, he's five and uh, he's dressed up and he's like trick or treat and all out this bag. And we're like, Shh, we didn't have anything. We're college kids. And, and Daniel and me were looking at each other, sort of panic. We got to give him something. And Daniel's like, should we give him a buck? And I'm like, a buck. I mean, I don't know. And I'm like, Hey, hold on. You know? So I went into the pantry and I walk out and I gave him a can of spam. God. Hey, you know what you did? You just ruined that kid. Went home was like, "Mom, I don't, I don't even want to be dressed up." <laughs> I'm never trick or treating no, no. again. He's in a th- he's in a therapist office right now. Going, thank Telling God, Halloween's story. over this year. <laughs> so I don't have to relive the spam incident. Spam was, I, and I, I thought, I mean, why why we had spam? I guess it was something that our parents, when we went off to college and packed a care package and it was, you know, October, they packed it in July or August, you know, when you go off to school and it of course had oh. not been opened or eaten and God. it sat in that pantry for two three months. We weren't spam eaters. Uh, but so, yeah, so we, we didn't get spam. Doesn't that bother anybody that it's literally like on the, on the ingredients is like uh ground pig anus, um, <laughs> various testicles, I mean, it's just kind of a, you know, like raccoon taint. I mean, I don't want any of that shit. It's, yeah, yeah. Yep, and yet people apparently buy it because I think the spam people are still in business. And as a matter of fact, if we don't get a check from Pringles soon, maybe we should consider flipping I have spam. contacted Talking Tuscaloosa's accounts receivables. <laughs> and, 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 and any news? Uh, they have not. They they got. They said they no got news. my email, but they thought it was spam. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to figure out a way to work that in there, and I couldn't. 
somebody somewhere thinks we wrote this whole thing so we <laughs> end up with that line somebody somewhere thinks this was well nobody this nobody dialogue. we wrote any of nobody. this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's nobody who listens to this and goes man that is the most scripted by the book shit <laughs> I Actually, what I think everybody did is turn the show off as soon as we set our prediction. They heard our predictions and went, these idiots are wrong again, and turned it off. If they are still listening, and speaking of raccoons, ever told you the story, the raccoon story I got, a good raccoon story? I know the raccoon story. Well, I know, I know it, and, and, and it is fantastic. I think it should be retold, and if I think you should tell it this week and next week. It's so good. So let's end All on right. the raccoon story. All right, I'm going to tell it real quick, and then we can go. All right, so when I was growing up, I grew up in – on lake property in Alexander city, Alabama. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're little country and a little rock and roll, mostly country. And so my dad loved pet raccoons for some reason. So we had one raccoon, we got it when it was like mature and it literally like, I think dad picked it up to hug it like for the first time and it got scared and shit all over the wall. So we had to get rid of it. And then with the second raccoon, we had it for like a week, and my four-year-old brother forgot. Now, me. you purchased these, right? Oh, this yeah. Wasn't, yeah. You purchased Not them. at a store, though. I mean, from a dude who was like cleaning out. Oh. You know, he was like, just, you know, dem- demolishing bu- buildings, and there'd be a raccoon. What is it? A nest or a hive or whatever the hell they have. Um, so And so the second one, my brother forgot to bring it inside, and the raccoon like crawled into my dad's car, but like on the outside, like around where all the parts and shit were and rode all the way into town, scared shitless. And then when it finally got, you know, got out from under the car, apparently my uncle Joe ran over it. So then we got a third raccoon, like third times charm. Right. And this raccoon was great. It was awesome. And, but after a year, you got to let a raccoon go because a raccoon has got to be a raccoon. Right. So you let it go and do it. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, we just assumed. And, um, (laughs) We didn't have a lot of raccoon training. And so um you just assumed yeah. that the right thing to do was take this pet and release it into the wild. So one you assumed that was the right thing yeah. to do. So one fall okay. morning, um I'm like I don't know 11 or somewhere in that neighborhood and or 10 and I get up and I go to my parents' bedroom door usually cuz I got up in the morning, got up say let's you know everybody get get off your dead ass and make some money. And um so I knock on the door and uh they say, don't come in here. Don't come in here. And I'm thinking, oh, God, please. No, not this again. And they, um, <laughs> so, like, what are they filming on their know. Apple Watch? <laughs> it's like they're filming something on Back their then, Apple Watch. They just literally had a watch and an Apple. That's all. They had. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, she, the next, so I go back in my room and I lay back down. Where'd you put that Apple? <laughs> so I go back, lay back down. After about an hour, I hear a gunshot. I'm like, holy no shit. No way. So I go back, turns out, a raccoon had come back and gotten in the house because Austin had left the door open again. Well, dad just assumed it was our old raccoon. So dad picks it up, puts it on the bed. Dad didn't have his glasses on and he starts fiddling with it and scratching its belly and all this. He's like, you do it. And that raccoon's just eating it up. Like, Oh God, I just love this place. And uh, so dad starts scratching a little bit lower and he feel out, he gets down there to where some of the raccoon nuts are. All of our raccoons were female. He was like, oh, shit. So he got scared, and the raccoon jumped and went under his chair. So wait, so like, your, dad, your dad feeling around. But felt around. Under the raccoon. And brushed against said testicles. So the raccoon goes under his chair and, like, claws up in there and gets all in there and everything. Well, he had just been molested. He had just been, He was scared. He, would, he thought he was like, Fair. I didn't know I came to the Catholic Church. <laughs> 
Sorry, Catholics. That's a joke. But anyway, so uh, then dad was trying to find a gun, but so, and dad's not, we're, none of us are like shooters, gun shooters, or marks, or, whatever you call or, them. Or raccoon experts. Or raccoon experts. So dad had like hid, had a gun, but he like hidden the, the handle and the trigger and the bullets and all different places. So Austin and I wouldn't shoot ourselves. So he, all he could find was like the trigger and the barrel. But um, and he was like, "That's not going to do it." So he had to call the greenskeeper from the local golf course. He comes over and shoots the raccoon. The greenskeeper. Yeah, isn't that cool? Well, it, it was it wasn't a cool time for the raccoon who was no. sexually assaulted and then murdered. And then murdered. You, know, <laughs> uh, you, you kind of feel like you have a case, don't you? <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty rough day for, for the raccoon. Pet it started out pretty good. The raccoon was digging it. Don't, don't you're not going to go jump well, on this shit with me. I, raccoon I, I can't it. believe that a wild raccoon, you could just pick one up and, and carry it to the bedroom and just pet it. And it's sitting there going, this place is fantastic. That's what I said. He was like, I don't think it would be clawing your eyes out. I can't, I couldn't believe it, but that's exactly how that shit went down. Oh my, um, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's exactly how that shit went down. So, is that Peta? Yeah, it's it got to be Peta. That's got to be Peta. Ace Ventura calling me saying I, I got a complaint. So, all right, well, roll tight, everybody. Roll right. Thirty-eight to twenty. Thirty-eight twenty. Thirty-eight seventeen. See, see you, roll buddy. Tight.